minor details. How you doing? Ooh, I'm feeling warm as a motherfucker. It's August warm. in Miami. Oh uh, yeah, and it I'm sucks. Sweating my butt off. It's so hot. Like as soon as you walk outside, you start sweating. That's Miami life, though. That's part of Miami life, dealing yes, with the sir. heat. Anyway, so good thing we live inside a home with a nice cold AC. I'm feeling good though. We haven't recorded an episode in a while. It's nope. We've been busy. We've busy, been, busy. We've been busy. Got so, work. Got other stuff. Again, one thing people should remember is that we do this for fun, and we actually enjoy doing this. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we we're not we're doing this because we like talking about the subjects and different concepts and all that and keeping out with the free thinkers out there in the world yeah i missed it it's been two weeks and i missed it i'm like oh man we're, we're, we're finally gonna do an episode it's a lot of fun and like it gets me like we tend to focus on stuff from like the past or like stuff that we have personal experience with yes whether it's music video games and it's art, just any it, art really it makes me feel good you know like because like um it reminds me why i love stuff and it like allows me to put everything into words and relate it to the, like the different things I know and everything. It's a lot it of fun. It reinforces love. That's what it does. That's why we are alive. Anyway. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, message. So yes. Quick message. Um, the website, audiogoes.miami, is freely there. Go check it out. Yeah, we fail often to mention that we do have a website. And so if you're the kind of person who just likes to go on a website and click play, you can find all our episodes there. Uh, a lot of different episodes, whether we're talking about different music and video games, town music, or we're talking about space music, or we're just talking about um, Cowboy Bebop, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, if you like music, you should definitely listen to it. We do. We are musicians ourselves. Granted, I, I'm mostly self-taught, been taught by uh, teachers in uh, in school and whatnot, but... It's also the love that I continue playing and improving upon myself on on my own time, really. Yeah, I think it's uh, something that most musicians have in common is just they love to do what they do. Exactly. Anyway, um, so yes, please check us out on the website. Of Send us some love uh, message, chimp at audioghost.miami. Uh, something that we love to do. We put effort to it. You know, uh, we work. We have day jobs. <laughs> we make no money from this. But um, yes, yeah, send us a message. Um, tell us if you're enjoying it. Uh, if you want to send anything at all, please let us know. Anyway, so we have some first-person shooter music lined up today. Yes, so, I came up with this concept. Yeah, tell this me. is my. This was my idea. Original idea too. <laughs> nah. Um, this is just like something that was on the back of my mind in the sense of what makes a good first-person shooter. Like music, what makes the music so good? Is it is it the fact that they play fast, they play with the environment, they they play how you feel, or is it something that it has to be part of the game that you can't just listen to the music itself by itself? Uh, which is something I disagree with. I love listening to music by itself and really analyzing it, hearing it, see how it affects with gameplay and game mechanics. But the important thing is to separate it sometimes from the game itself and try to analyze it in a different perspective, essentially. So we both chose unique first-person shooters. Classic ones, granted. Very, very classic. Because, again, um, I feel like the reason why we gravitate towards classic stuff is because they were a little bit more limited. And I 
have a feeling that when you limit an artist, you kind of, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, if that concept makes sense. The fact that they're limited makes them have to think about all these different ideas and think outside a box of how to get what sound they want. Yeah, your creativity comes out uh, through limitations. Exactly. So, and I'm not saying anything about modern music nowadays. Of, of course, modern music in, in games is is really good, like beautifully done, because now people are taking games as a media more seriously. So, of course, there's going to be more money into it. But again, the sh- the shift of idea that music was not important to games didn't happen until probably like recently in gaming not until like the 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 playstation 2 and so on and so forth but yes my list i and our list was designed to be something kind of unique trying to find that unique sound in first person shooters i would say um i think you're definitely right uh but music important to games i i, I would i would I personally would phrase that as it became more mainstream. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's some people who always thought it was important. Some people just didn't care and and, and they didn't put a lot of money into it. Yeah. But, but once stuff like Halo and everything started coming out and, you know, there, there'd be NPR episodes on Halo music, that's when you know it's it's becoming mainstream and there's, they're putting a lot more money into, into the music. True. Uh, for instance, I was just, I just started playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Awesome game so far. Is that a first person? No, no, I'm just talking oh, okay. about... Okay, you're just saying in general. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, and the music is awesome. I'm, I definitely w- w- want to talk about that, but it's being done... I think the soundtrack is coming out soon, but it's being done by Mr. Chrono Trigger himself, Yasunori Mitsuda, so... But we're not talking about Xeno today. Nope. We are talking about first-person shooter music. So do you want to go first? you want me to go first? How do you want to do this? Uh, I'll go first uh, with my first pick. Now, the first pick I'm choosing is from a Halo series, but... It's not the mainline Halo series, not Halo 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5, garbage. Um, <laughs> but I, Hater. Ch- I chose Halo 3 ODST. So just for a quick summary for those who don't know about Halo 3 ODST. Halo 3 ODST, you play as a, I believe it's like Orbital uh, Shock Trooper, something like that. But they um, drop from high altitude to basically a planet and they're just some form of special forces right the important thing is in halo if you're unfamiliar with the halo series you play as mostly the master chief and everything we know about the master chief is that he's a modified human and he has superhuman abilities and he's always chiefing and he's he's always chiefing (laughs) but the important thing to remember in Halo ODS three, uh, Halo three ODST is that you're just playing a regular dude. You're not a special forces. You're not Spartan. You're not any of that. You're just a regular person. And better yet, the area takes place in is after a a cataclysmic event. So you're kind of left in a city and it's deprived of life. And what I like about this game is that it emphasizes tactics rather than just running in and shooting and gunning. And the important aspect of the music for this, especially the new Basa area, is that it portrays the feeling of loneliness, isolationness. Almost, it almost gives me a feeling of the world is against me, which is very true especially in that game because again you could avoid the cho- you could choose to avoid enemy encounters so you could logically make a path to keep yourself safe 
it's survival in this game, not running down and gunning down. Cool. Kind of reminds me of like Metal Gear Solid. Trying so, to avoid everybody. <laughs> and here's a very quick quote I would like to speak about. It's Martin O'Donnell to Music for Games, uh, a website or mm-hmm. publication. Overall, I think this score is a bit more intimate and personal. We're telling a human story, not a cyborg story. This isn't a space opera, but a story that takes place on Earth in one city. Although the player gets to inhabit the shoes of several characters, they still primarily should feel like one person discovering the mystery that lies behind the ruins of New Mobasa. I think the last time I played Halo was in college and I was on Mushrooms. There you go. That is the ultimate gamer bro moment. And with that, let's start our first song. really nice yeah so i just want to talk about how again how this quote as i said at the beginning it really does reflect what he was saying of course being the main music director but i feel like they got all those notes of isolationist and telling a human story that's the important part for me and again him saying it's more personal intimate like that sounds really personal and intimate right that to me, that doesn't sound like something from a first-person shooter. 
No, it felt right? like it felt like it's like a very emotional moment in an anime or something. And it's or just, just yeah, or just like, like someone's someone's yeah. looking out the window while it's raining and they're re- remembering a lost love or a lost something. You what know? I want our viewers to uh, kind of really listen to too is the sound mixing on this one because if you I don't know if you noticed but the rain sounds and thunder oh, they beautiful. increased it you know at certain points it was dynamic but yeah. it wasn't to the point where it was like getting like drowning out the music it was right. almost like an instrument within itself and and all the instruments really just did just enough like you just had a few notes of that alto at the start and then at the end and i love how the um, the piano and that second part, oh, when when there's a melody, um, the piano and the violin were playing at the same time, and it created this really cool effect. Yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. I really like how a lot of the instruments kind of play by themselves, too. Because, again, as I said at the beginning, Halo ODST, uh, you're, you're by yourself primarily, and you're isolated. You're The whole story of the game is essentially you trying to find your other mm, squad mates. Gotcha. It's a constant search for other humans. It's, you know, the, the strive of a companionship, in a sense, or the strive of just finding another human during a crisis just to feel mentally sound, right? Yeah, I definitely got that feeling from that, for sure. And, and I want to also point out that uh, during the song when the stringed instruments kind of came together and kind of pulled back they they kind of rose up and not like um descending but ascending that kind of gave me hints of this is still a halo game because a a halo does that you know they do ascending like violin moments at some parts and i really like that because it still kind of grounds the music to say this is still halo right it doesn't because again this doesn't sound like halo but and when that part comes up, it, they have their signature touches. Yeah, yeah it, ca- sure. it kind of brings it back. It's like, yeah, this is still a Halo game. So that's why I like this piece of um, th- this uh, suite almost. It's a, it's a jazz suite, essentially, you know, um, because it sounds different, but you can still make out it's still a Halo game. It's still something from this series, which it's it's like, you know, the personal touch of like Red Hot Chili Peppers or like grand funk railroad like their their signature sound but they could change it up but it still has that reminiscence or that still nostalgic sound for someone who plays a bunch of halo yeah yeah for sure. yeah <laughs> for me you know i i definitely wouldn't have gotten that but other than that it was just super emotional like i said like someone just like looking out the window and just like remembering like or lost dog or something, you know. And very quickly, very quickly, uh, as I mentioned in a previous video about Halo, when we spoke about Halo uh, music or one of the songs I picked from there, I remember the quote I said then where they were trying to get a sense of the ancient and the the this like mystical place, right? And I, I still get that feeling from this too. I still get a feeling of there's some ancient music or something, like ancientness behind it. Like something like that. I don't yeah, know I'm how like, to. I'm not getting that <laughs> exactly how to put it. Yeah, but I, I still gotcha. feel like they still keep that core essence. Do you have the composers or anything like that? Uh, yeah, the composers were Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore, That's which right. are that's right. Yeah, yeah, the same people who made the Halo music. There we go. All yeah. right. Well, thank you, Michael and Martin. And again, just again, it it just shows how 
complex they could be with their own sounds and stuff like that, that they could go from the halo music that everyone recognizes to something jazzy and more emotional for this, for halo ODST. So what else we got? Um, do you want to do yours or do you want to continue with mine choice? Uh, okay. I'll do one. Okay. Go for it. So, oh, okay. So what do I want to do? Is your next one going to be like old or newer? I'm guessing you're probably going old, older. No, huh? new. It's going to be newer. Okay, so I'm going to change it up completely. <laughs> Just a mess. Just to. Okay, so this one is actually from Splatoon 2, which is a bit of cheating. It's not really a first person shooter, it's a third person shooter. But when you think about it, like, it still has all those first person shooter, um, like, like what makes a first person sh- shooter in that sense so it, be- between that and, and I would say like Quake where like w- w- with capture the flag if you're not familiar with the game it's um you're basically shooting ink no no I know I, but I would say that's more of a third person shooter oh it's yeah, definitely a third person shooter that's I its com- own genre yeah. I completely agree but I mean it's just like I said like it's just this would what would have reminded me of, of of a first person shooter but I really enjoy the music it's it's an interesting thing this is a newer game I would say 2017 and um, what's cool is like they create their own world where there's these different virtual bands, and the band that the virtual band, the, the fake band, let's just say that that um, that wrote this song, that performed it is called Wet Floor, and I love how they kind of like have this whole background to it. You have like the synth player named Kagi. You have these two um, uh, uh, other players. There's two two guitarists in the band. If you know, and if if, if anyone knows anything about guitarists, they have you know. Um, big heads so you have these two guitarists uh, let me read you a quote for, from the game Wet Floor also has two members that play guitar and provide vocals Mizol is a fan of vintage rock sounds you can hear it in the sharp jangly rhythms of his riffs while Ryan is a faithful fl- follower of the church of punk rock and she carves out riffs with a more hunky bass heavy sound these two don't always see eye to eye but when they're in the groove their two distinct sounds meld together into a melody of magical music and then you have the basses, who's like the big, like the big brother for the band, who's who's more like the virtuoso, I would say. And then the drummer who just sits down and just watches everyone go crazy. But anyway, I love how they have their like their own little world, and you have these different bands in this world of Splatoon. I'd like to say real quick, um, Splatoon, since it's a very colorful game, it's going to have kind of dramatic music notes. You know what I mean? Like, not dramatic, but it's going to represent the colorfulness of the gameplay itself, right? Because, um, you know, Splatoon, you're spreading ink everywhere, and the ink is very vibrant. It's not like a non-vibrant color, right? It's like uh, greens or yellows, right? Um, sometimes reds, depending on what teams you're on, right? And the music, especially during gameplay, it reflects that colorful nature. It's almost... I'm not going to say exactly it's like a Pixar film-esque music. It, it's definitely not. Because, again, they're, they're, they're going for the punk rocker aesthetic. Yeah, you know? for me, it's I, I definitely get like a, that 90 vibe of, of like punk rock. It's kind of like Jet's, Jet Grind Radio meets a, a, like a, a shooter. Isn't it Jet Set Radio? Jet Grind Radio. Or uh, Jet Grind Radio. Jet Set Radio is the original name, and Jet Grind Radio is here. Like, one's a Japanese name and one's the American name. I like Jet Set Radio. Jet Grind Radio. Yeah, Jet Ground sounds weird. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just like a nostalgic thing. 
it's just what, what I hear in my head. Either yeah. way, like to, like to me, it's and Jack Ryan Radio Just a Radio was also a very colorful, like that kind of aesthetic, you know. Yeah, but that was that was a uh, going for more of like a rocker. I mean, not rocker, but skater themed. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but yeah. It, it, it's it, it's still the thing. You're still painting the town. You're still like like jumping off of everything. You had like the, the music going. Like th- yeah. that's very similar music. So like to me, that's kind of like what they were going for. Um, and I love how they create this whole world with these different bands. So this one band, like this is actually composed by um, Toru Migenashi. No, sorry, Aminagishi. And vocals by Hiroaki Takeuchi and Sachiko Watabe. Guitar, Akitoshi Kuruda. Drums, Kei Yamazaki. And bass by Ikuo. He goes, she just goes by Ikuo. And let's just go into the song and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. that fucking bass that bass is so fucking hard oh it's going so hard on the bass and i love the um like that's kind of the guitar i i like to play that like really rhythmic like these these rhythmic chords i love it so good i will have to say that it does fit the theme of splatoon very well because again you're dealing with um dynamic um sounds you know what i mean um Think about when he's um, chucking the guitar, and then he um, the, when they get in the little chorus parts, he's uh, what's it called that he's doing like the the full chords. Not he's not chucking so much, right? Um, what do you call? I forgot what it's called, but it, again, it's reflecting the nature of explosions. Like 
like they, they come back then it's a big explosion like big explosion of sounds with the the chorus and everything and then it goes back into like a kind of self-contained little groove and then it's it's like dynamic in the sense of it's almost an expression of the explosion of colors that are hitting you or that that go around the map and shit like that now i do know this isn't it, this isn't part of the actual gameplay this is like an event in the game right like it's no this is oh this is the music that play okay so yeah it just fits my uh, idea better then because again it's representing that the flare of uh colors going everywhere and it's high it's high paced you know um it's it's a it's a quick time signature um in the sense that it has to be like an upbeat type of thing right because you're running around you're jumping around you're going in the ground you're um it's chaotic you know, and I, I'm not saying the music is like chaotic in the sense of like musically it's chaotic. I'm saying like it's representing that chaos very well. I would say it's definitely chaotic. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's very like it has that punk rock feel, but it's not very punk rock. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, if it was straight up punk rock, like it would be way more faster. Yeah, like fucking. Uh, what's the name of that group? Uh, Brain. Um, Bad brains. Bad brains. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, let's not get into like uh, conversation punk rock, but like oh, punk yeah, rock yeah. doesn't have to be fast. No, but what I yeah, but what I'm saying is that <laughs> it, it usually fits, is. it very it very well fits the, the, the aesthetic medium of like yeah. the aesthetic. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Because again, explosion of colors. You got like the moments where it's like all out, like just rocking out essentially. Because I get a feeling that this is kind of punk, but also a little bit funky. You know. Yes. So it's like a mixture of the two. You and know. it's it's it's, it's uh, that's emphasized by the um the two main like composers for this virtual band. One likes more like jazz and funk and like vintage guitar sounds, while the other one is more punk rock. Yeah. So it's very interesting how like the two kind of mix into this. It's it's kind of like the lore fitting the 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 the, the music the music. Yeah. Well, in this case, the aren't the members themselves characters in the world? Not really. This well, is in the sense of um. The, the not like I'm saying the musicians are the characters, but they have characters like playing the instruments or something. There are two main like like two main like pop idols that are kind of like they announce everything and they have their own little thing. But and then within this world, there's still other like artists that yeah. don't really ha- they're not really center stage. It's just like shit. Like like they're just like they'll just talk about. Oh, okay. And it's really more like opened up in like the CD that came out or maybe like something on the website. You know, it's just it's just lore. It's just um, just background for people who get really into it. Okay. I personally didn't even know about this. Like as, as I was listening to the music, I was like, OK, so who wrote this? And then I, I realized, oh, wow, there's a bunch of other shit here. So it's okay. pretty cool. Anyway, but so yeah, let's uh, continue on. What do you got next? My choice. My choice is going to be Doom 2016. Now, just. A little information about Doom 2016. One, it revitalized the Doom series. It like saved that series because bef- remember uh, the fear that a lot of people had when that game was coming out was thinking about Duke Nukem Forever. I don't know if you played that one or heard of that one, but that was a failure of a mess of a game. And that was trying to reboot an old character into a modern sense and failed horribly, right? Mm-hmm. Doom saved Oh, yeah. itself with this awesome first person shooter game and the core thing i believe about this game which really impunctuate the whole game together is definitely the music right if they didn't get this music how they did like in like in the universe we're in now this timeline or whatever it wouldn't have been as good in my opinion 
now I'm not saying that the gameplay mechanics isn't like enough for it to carry itself. Like the gameplay mechanics is really fun. Like yeah, that's, like the engine was really, really like it felt really smooth. Like yeah, yeah, they big they, time. I believe. I, I don't know what engine they use. I still think they were using the Unreal Engine. If I'm, I, I don't want to get misquoted here. Or but anything. but but the way it was tweaked, it just felt like mad freaking clean. Yeah, yeah. They they um, precise. I, I should say. Yeah, precise. they knew what they were working with, and the best part is they knew they needed time to make this game, so they gave themselves time in the sense no, there was there was crunch, but not as much in the sense of forcing everyone to work on their like days off and just forcing them to work on the game. Um, sometimes without overpay, right? It's just, you just come in and work, right? Um, but the Doom, I just want to uh, mention that the person who made the music, uh, his name is, just give me just a moment, by Mike Gordon. And he is a, he's in bands. He plays like mostly progressive metal synth music. So like, uh, best way I could describe it, uh, Rush, <laughs> my, one of my favorite groups, you know, but more heavy, more on the heavy Yeah, stuff, I, I wouldn't you know? call Rush progressive no, no. <laughs> heavy metal synth. No, no, but, but they're like one of the originators of that, like the progressive rock scene anyways. Yeah, I mean, they used to call Led Zeppelin heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but again, he's, um, he works with, um, different synths and stuff like that. And, uh he's worked on other games, but the important thing is that he had to disregard the name doom in the sense of like, when he was coming to create this, he didn't let the outside influences of doom and the previous doom games like affect him because what he tried to do was try to look at the essence of what the game was trying to convey, which was you're alone. You're a superhuman person and you're killing a shitload of demons. Right. And, he got that feeling so good. And another reason why he avoided using, um, like instruments, like, uh, using, a, a I mean, he has guitar parts in his music. He still has like drum stuff, but the majority of the music that was made was made by a device called the doom instrument, which was basically just to condense it all. It was basically, he took a bunch of different pedals, guitar pedals, fuzz boxes and all that, and just incorporated it into one giant interface. And that's how he made the music. That's crazy. With this interface he created himself. So, um, yeah. So this would be, I believe this is um, Rip and Tear, um, which is played a bunch of times when you're, like, fighting in the game. So, yeah. Um, go ahead and play it.
Okay, so I was I was trying to understand what you were saying before. So basically, yeah, they wanted no guitars. He just used like basic waveforms, like sine waves and and white noise. Like you're saying, feeding that through a bunch of like pedals, compression, fuzz, all that. That's crazy. And I get that. Um, the I'm, I'm I'm only suggesting here. This is only my thoughts, my personal opinion. I think the reason why is not only to avoid being too corny, but also one of the main characters is an AI that's helping you throughout your journey. Well, hold on. That's how they started. And then he got bored of it and he started using seven and eight string guitars yeah. <laughs> and nine string guitars. Wow. That's crazy. But either way, that's, that's, that was pretty good. It was No, that's like the idea of what first person music should be like in games like Doom. That's like a Doom arena oh, yeah. shooter type of thing. It's important because with that music, you get that almost raw instinctual feeling of just mowing shit down fucking demons <laughs> just punching shit like going crazy you know and and especially when playing the game you see you can hear it but this is one of those pieces of music that when you play it you can you feel it but correct me if i'm wrong you really only get that when like like when like a bunch of enemies start coming at you like because other parts of the game it's just like wind or it's just like oh, yeah. you know well yeah the game's broken up by like basically arena design so basically you go in a room and then it gets filled with enemies and then that's when the that's music when the music blazing. kicks in you're like yeah, 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 yeah. But that's yeah that's <laughs> but that the reason why they do that is for pacing oh yeah because if they keep doing that you know, if it was constantly enemies just throwing at you, it's just going to be a constant just battle and you're going to get fatigued and tired. That's why I think Doom, again, is a perfect shooter because it spaces itself like a film. You know, it gives you time to do all that action shit and then relax. Take a break. Take a break. Take the in break what you down. just did. <laughs> and that could just be like jump over here or do a little platforming Like shit. feel safe again. Yeah, like feel... Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. But Let's the, go find that little doll. Where is it? <laughs> but also, it also relays how super powerful your character is, right? Because um, it's... In my mind, the demons are running away from you. They're scared of you. Because in the... <laughs> This this is the thing in the lore he's known as the Doomslayer and he was trapped in hell and throughout that time trapped demons just spread his story within hell which is a neat little detail because they don't mention the Doomslayer in the real world in the world of Mars they know of him because of the stories that were told in hell the little tide the little lore expedition dump uh, runes in yeah, hell. Space Marine. Yeah. And and that's like I have a feeling that's kind of right, right? Because like it's you initiating most of the time. It's you going after them. I mean, of course it's a video game, right? But more so in Doom because you're the one initiating, you're starting the battles. You're not like there's no a, a, a another way around this group of enemies like halo 3 odst like there's no stealthy option it's just go in and fucking wipe them all out right and again the demons don't want to fight you because the funny thing is they want to live themselves i think you're reading a, li a little too into it but okay no man it's it's literally in the lore like i'm not pulling shit out of my ass this is if you read the little uh, codex thing it literally says that demons are afraid of you yeah because you're like you're basically the like the messiah of death to them 
yeah now now but like i mean uh, like uh, i'm thinking back to the original doom like it's, it's oh yeah the original doom is way different yeah because the original doom it the again like they weren't scared of you then uh no no they don't know who the fuck yeah. you were but but the cool thing about this doom is that that's that plays into the to the to the story because that's where you like started the legend that's right. like where the legend or you're like a re it's kind of confusing. It's like you're a reincarnation of one of these knights is said it like one of these knights uh, who fought hell beans thousands of years ago or something. And like him going through that on the first doom thing, that's like him um, just realizing his power or something, you know? But again, back then, if we look at, if we look at the context back then story wasn't important. Nope. Uh, I believe a famous uh, quote from, I think, I don't think it's Carmack. Um, it was one of the developers of Doom who said, like, a story to a video game is story to a porno, right? It's it's expected to be there, but no one really cares about it. Are we going to have this conversation again about story and pornography? I, I, this is not, <laughs> but this is, yeah, this is not a stance. This is anyway, just what he said. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you chose this. I almost chose music from the original Doom. I played a lot of Doom when I was younger. I, I used to love that game. Um, PC yeah. version, N64 version was okay. Um, good old days. I, I, don't, I don't think I played this. I was thinking of picking some original Doom too, but the thing is, is that um, I really wanted to showcase how new Doom kind of like went on a different path. No, and I think that know? was great. And I like how he, how the main person devised these these sounds. So on that note, um, I am gonna play what I ended up choosing was. Another first-person shooter that I have very fond memories of, and this is a very popular song called Grab Bag. It's from Duke Nukem 3D, and here we go. that one a little short it's so, fun it's funny listening back to it how like cheesy it really was <laughs> yeah yeah it's a very cheesy thing but i think that's it's the point because your character is also you know the the pinnacle of of manliness i guess and he's um almost like a, a split between sylvester stallone at the time and arnold schwarzenegger so the music 
I mean, we sound, we think it's really cheesy, right? And maybe no, it was, but it was super popular. Though. Yeah, like yeah. it was diff- many different covers. Even Megadeth did, did, um, did an like official cover of this song. My uh, my take it's just is, the instruments that sound cheesy. Yeah, my, well, my <laughs> take is even though it might sound a little cheesy, I think that's like kind of like the point. You know what I mean? Because you you are playing a super action hero. You know what I mean? So. I think the music in that regard fits very well in the sense of e- the, the cheesiness adds to it. I don't um, think they were going for cheesy. I mean, I don't know. Have you played um the the um, what was it um forever? No, no, no not forever. Um, uh, the the first person game is a is um it's leaving my head right now. Um, From listening to the uh, rest of the soundtrack, I don't think they were going for cheesy. It's just, I'm gonna have to disagree with that one because they're they were looking. I mean, look at the time. Look at what was coming out during the time of Duke Nukem. You know, a bunch of Arnold movies and Celeste Stallone movies, and you know, games are very aware of themselves. You know, people make them. So again, I think it just adds to that idea of like a super a ninety or yeah, like nineties action hero. You know what I mean? Because one of the major things I started thinking about and um, when this was playing was like was like a, a Terminator music because I kind of I was thinking dun, about dun, that dun, yeah dun, thinking dun. of that like dun, 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 and I'm like yeah that kind of reminds me yeah that of for Terminator sure. yeah and and Terminator you could say is also kind of cheesy but like it adds to it you know what I mean like like cheese isn't a bad thing you know what i mean it's just like something we say to represent something that's really repetitive i guess i mean throughout the game yeah. you did have like uh, you know like uh pigs uh, the, the the cops that the yeah they're, they're fucking <laughs> pigs yeah exactly so again I, I think they were very self-aware and there's pinups everywhere and, and like yeah. and, the, and the chicks you just give them a dollar and they just start flashing yeah, they start you. flashing and shaking but yeah no they they i think they they had some uh awareness of that to some degree me, eight, I definitely hear eight-year-old me playing that. I mean, and you got to think at that so time from, too. They didn't have like environmental sounding stuff. The most sounds you'll get other from the music is like your gun shooting or explosions or the enemies making noises. You know what I mean? Like in the sense of the music design and stuff like that. So the main music that playing like on constant loop. No, but it, it wasn't playing on constant loop. Like I, I listened to the rest of the soundtrack and it was just like it was very unmemorable. Unfortunately, this yeah. this song was it was a good song. I, I I definitely remember it. Let's talk about the people actually. Uh, so Lee Jackson was actually the one who, who who wrote the theme and um some of the other background music, along with Bobby Prince. But he's the main one who did this song, and they and he worked on a lot of other Apogee and 3D um realms titles. Yeah, he, I think he worked on Rise on the Triads. He did composing. Actually, yeah. did a lot of, of voice acting, um, a music direction, effects. He did work on Rise of the Triads on, I think it was uh, Shadow Warrior, a, a, a bunch of different Shadow games. Warrior. That's the game I was thinking about. That game, that whole game is just the Asian stereotype, the game, but like in a comedic and like good way, not like they're trying to be offensive in any way. Like they, that's what I was, that's what I was trying to remember to get about the cheesiness. Because again, like, I think they just play up the characters like actual movie stars, you know? Where they push himself up, but yeah, Shadow Warrior. That's what I was trying to remember. And like I said, this song was covered a lot by different people, including a version by Megadeth, which sounds more like the the Doom twenty four sixteen. Oh yeah, song. I would imagine. 
big time um what I thought was really cool uh, well let me talk about uh, bobby prince uh, bobby prince worked on a lot of the other um background music as well once once again i said it was a little like unmemorable uh, unfortunately but he did do a lot more other stuff with with it software id software on only one of it and 3d realms wolfenstein doom um a bunch of other stuff he was actually a founding member of an old r&b and soul band the jesters he was a one lt platoon leader in vietnam from 69 to 70 and he's also a lore he he actually passed the bar in 1980 so this guy was pretty um he's d- did a lot with his life so it's pretty yeah. cool he was a musician he was a lawyer you know he went to war and he made a bunch of cool music so that was Bobby Prince, but Lee Jackson's the one who did this song. Anyway, that's really all I really want to say about Dudicum 3D. It's it's let's just get out of the way. We're not like ripping on the game. The game itself is no, like, I love the game. Yeah, the game itself is a very it's an iconic shooter. It's like one of those originals that For really sure. broke the boundaries of like sh- a shooting first person shooter game. Yeah, you 1990. Know? It came out in 1996. I want to kick ass and chew bubble. Yeah, gum. it was one of those. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those few games that started to embrace, in my opinion, that 90s action stuff that was going on, like, um, like, uh, Kick ass, um, kick ass, shoot bubble gum. That's like a quote from a film. Oh, um, I don't know that. I, I forgot the name of the films. It's with like wrestlers, like a famous wrestler, and he. Uh, it's it's a very iconic film. If you see like um, pictures of it or whatever, you'll be able to recognize it. Huh. Um, I can't remember the name of the film. He puts on sunglasses and he's able to see like the alien people taking over. Um, I believe the name. I don't remember the name of the film, but yeah, it's um, those yeah they're playing up that super action movie stuff. Um, oh, Roddy Roddy Piper, but yeah, but he was an actual wrestler. But oh, the nineteen eighty eight film They Live. They live, yes, they live. I can't believe I forgot it. Yeah, they live. Yeah, that 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 quote came from that movie. You know, so. Again, it kind of reinforces that idea of a super 90s action. It makes more savior. sense what you're saying now that it's, yeah it's, yeah, it's definitely a parody. And which I really like because, again, that fits the shooter genre, you know, because at the time, like, I believe the popular thing before the shooter games were probably like platformers and oh, maybe yeah. like RPGs and stuff like that. And then you finally get like a first person shooter, unlike Doom, when you're not playing like a survivor, you're playing the nineties action hero. You're the one saving everyone. You have like a shrink ray and make the <laughs> the pigs into tiny. Yeah, and you can step on them. Brilliant game, brilliant shooter design. It also reminds game. me of the days of shareware. Oh <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I, I didn't really get into much of that. It was just like, like, um, cause the game was divided into like different episodes and the first episode was free. You could just download it or, or it came on a CD, excuse me. And that was shareware. It was like the free version of stuff. Mm. But anyway, yes. so what do you have? What's so your last continuing, song? Continuing. Um, so we went over Halo ODST talking about isolation, lonely, loneliness and reflecting the human nature of that from that. Um, song and stuff we went to doom talking about how um this person created a new instrument to create these new sounds right and uh, try and revolutionize like the the music in first person shooters now i want to go back to another 
kind of um, breakthrough music uh, music in a game that I feel doesn't get enough representation in like when people talk about the greatest first person shooters. I could be wrong, of course. I haven't read like um, articles on this. I just don't. When I watch YouTube vids or when I hear other people's opinions on the top music in first person video games, this is usually on the lower aspect or not even included at all. So I'd- the game I chose was Perfect Dark for the Nintendo 64. Now, the reason why I chose that one is because it really relays that that psychic, I mean, not psychic, that sci-fi feeling. And that was really important for me for that game because for me, what was the real distinction between GoldenEye and Perfect Dark where they're made by, I think, Rare. the same people, Rare, and like they use the same engine, right? Yeah, Perfect Dark was like the spiritual successor to the very, very successful GoldenEye. Yeah, yeah. And GoldenEye itself is a great, it's the originator first person shooter like arena battle. Not not the originator, but it, on consoles. On consoles, yeah. Yeah, on consoles. And it really brought, and since it was on consoles, it brought it more into the public mainstream, right? And, and with a very popular IP. Yeah, and a very popular <laughs> IP. And the music in GoldenEye is very iconic too, right? I would argue that the music in Perfect Dark surpasses that. Wow. I would say that because, again, they just, they they were thinking outside the box, right? And I think they were they used synths. Um, uh, yeah, they use uh, filtered string synths and they use like uh audio equipment um you know uh, compressors and stuff like that um they they really didn't use like a you know traditional instruments again this probably this was mostly synth and done through that and again it fits the setting of the game because you're dealing with aliens you're dealing with uh the conspiracies upon conspiracies right and the main there's a lot of music in Perfect Dark. I mean, every level has its own like unique take. I chose the main menu theme because that's the first thing you hear, and that's the first thing that got me hooked on the music. Because as soon as I heard it, I immediately knew this was going to be sounding different, and it's going to be a different game from GoldenEye. So yeah, go for it.
So very familiar notes, sounds from, especially from Goldeneye, right? Because it's composed by the same people. But again, I, especially the part where it sounds like the synth is like a Thurman, right? I really feel, um, really encapsulates that suspenseful nature and almost alien nature. And again, there are aliens in the game. So with all that, um, what we just heard, my favorite parts are always going to be that concert, like in the background. I like that sound. Um, it kind of, again, reinforces that suspenseful nature. Like, if you boot this up for the first time, it's almost like you're, you're playing, like, um, you immediately know you're playing a sci-fi game and dealing within the future and stuff. And um, I feel like they capitalize that very well. I love the, um, I noticed there was, like, a couple of things that just kept repeating no matter what. Yeah. Obviously, like the main thing was a ding, ding, and yeah, like it, it, the notes would change depending on the section, but it was always the same ding, ding, the same rhythm. Yeah, and then another repeating rhythm was a do 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 do, and that would also change notes, but it was always the same rhythm. Like yeah. those two were constant, and then um, it almost it feels kind of machine like, you know, which I, I I respect too because again, this is in like a cyberpunk universe. So it feels very mechanical, like, right? Like there's no solos or anything. It's just the same doon, doon, and do, 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 do. Like, it's almost like machines are working around you in a sense. Right. You had, you had that sputtering bass would come in and out. Yeah. And it would just allow all the little other instruments to just play like a melody. Oh, it was real nice. I, I enjoyed it. And that yeah. was menu music. Oh, man. That's just menu. Yeah, there's more tunes in it. And I wanted to pick other ones from this one, but I feel the important thing for me as a first person shooter game, especially is um when you get introduced to it, you know, when you start up, when you boot up, when you log in and stuff. Right. Um, and of course, like pl uh, playing the game with the music has, you know, it it's part of gameplay, as I said, and it's important, but also introducing the music to you is also really important you know it has to set the tone it has to set the themes immediately when you start it up you know and i feel like the menu music for perfect dark it just encapsulates perfect dark very well yeah i i, I remember this game um i remember it needed the expansion pack i never owned it um such a good game i rented it and i played it with my friend bernie like we played the fuck out of it for like the, what the five days um that blockbuster let you rent or three days mm-hmm Try to beat it as soon as possible. It was such a good game. Really good game. But it's been so long since I've played it. But, um, yeah. No, it was a great game. I'm glad you played it. Um, that's the thing. We did not talk to each other beforehand when we yes, picked our songs. Yes, when we do these lists, when we <laughs> do these um, lists and stuff, I try to prioritize that we kind of keep it private from each other so yeah. then when we first bring it in we get like real reactions essentially yeah like we talk about like the main ideas and like what what, what the theme we want to hit but yeah either way like marcus has his um his own thing he creates and i have my own thing recreate and then we come together and hope that it works together yeah because <laughs> i actually chose 007 so it's funny that you chose perfect dark and it's funny that you chose the doom because i chose duke nukem you know, that's very similar. Yeah. And our third. working off. Yeah. And I figured I'd be sp safe speaking, s picking Splatoon because I figured you're going to choose Halo. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's either Star Wars or Halo with Marcus. You'll come to know. Well, this. unfortunately, there's no real good music in any Star Wars. There's only one Star Wars first-person shooter, which is there Republic is? Commando. Oh, okay. Yeah, Republic Commando, and the only memorable music, in my opinion, out of all of it. I mean, I think it just reuses a lot of Star Wars music, or it. They have like a composer who made Star Wars esque music because playing through it, I don't really remember the music. And another thing, when I was creating this list, I also, I, I kind of hinder backed on my memory more often instead of looking through YouTube videos and men- thinking of a game and stuff because I wanted to capsulate the essence and feelings that I got from first hearing from it and explain it and break it down as this format. Yeah, that's what I mainly try to do. Like, of course, I'll try to refresh my memory by l- listening to other stuff, but like... In fact, I couldn't even pick a third uh, a third game, and I was, and I thought about Goldeneye. Should I do Goldeneye and listen to the music and just it? All these waves of memories came back playing yeah. Goldeneye, and who our age does not have memories of playing Goldeneye? Yeah, yeah Goldeneye is a <laughs> pinnacle game. But I also wanted to mention real quick um, that Goldeneye itself is you know also a really good game, and I did said that I believe that. Um, perfect dark is kind of like the superior in sense of music now that i'm saying that i'm not saying i'm not trying to underutilize you know trying to discredit goldeneye it still has great music memorable stuff well they had as a thing so one thing i I learned about it was that the game was in production for like two years before the the, then 64 was even like out so and apparently it wasn't a very good development of inexperienced development much and not very good inexperienced development team working on it the main guy who uh, who did the music was um graham norgate but he was already like kind of busy with other games blast corpse i don't know if you remember blast corpse on the n64 that was was an interesting little game Mm -hmm. i I rented that as well and he was doing like kill um he had done killer instinct that was a fun game yes um Ducky Kong Land, Perfect Dark, we talked about that was later. Yes, yes. But anyway, so he was kind of, he did most of the music, but he needed help. So they, because he was, you know, busy with other stuff. So they brought in um, Grant Kirkhope to, to help out. He didn't stay throughout the whole project, but he did definitely put a lot of work into it. I want to mention something very quickly, too, um, about GoldenEye. Um, as you mentioned, they were an inexperienced team. And the multiplayer aspect of Goldeneye was actually added like a week before release. Wow. It wasn't even designed originally. The only reason why they had multiplayer is because the developer themselves like made their own game, like within a game, which is pretty cool, and uh, realized that was a lot of fun. And then at a last moment notice, probably like a bro moment going like, yo, let's add this to the game. And that was the best part. And that is, yeah, and that is the best part about uh, this is the funniest thing about video games. It's also a similar situation with a, uh, a well-known game that's being played everywhere nowadays. A uh, soccer league, uh, Rocket League. I don't know if you heard of that game. Yeah, of course. Um, Rocket League. It was like supposed to be a demolition game, and then by chance. They just added a ball and realized that was way more this fun. This is way better. Yeah, so this <laughs> is the beauty hilarious. about game design is that, especially older game design, since there was no formulaic setting like now we have do, now that we have with AAA games, back then they just kind of like, it was more freelance. It was more freedom. There was more freedom to experiment and to try different things because the video game industry itself was a still new and booming industry. But nowadays, I mean, unfortunately, we have more monetization 
uh, looks into the game now instead of being more open. Well, the big wigs, the big wigs realize that these games can make a lot of money. Yeah, can make so, a shitload of money. Yeah. So let's 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 just stick on these, this to make sure. These bitches. <laughs> Basically, so uh, back to GoldenEye. This came out in '97. So I mean, like first-person shooters were still really like coming out of their of their PC boxes, really, because yeah, like. Wolfenstein, yeah. I mean, not not Xbox. Xbox. uh, uh, Nintendo 64 was like the one of the first consoles to have a first-person shooter. Exactly. Yeah, like you had Wolfenstein 3D in '92. Um, You know, what's Newman '93, Duke Nukem '95, '96, I believe. So those are that was all PC. Like you weren't expecting to see that on a console. So it was really interesting to have that there. And I believe it was because of the limitations that consoles had. Oh yeah, because for PCs, sure. PCs, of course, you know, were a little bit more complex than the. And consoles. I'm pretty sure they had Doom on the on the Super Nintendo, but I mean, come on. Oh yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Doom port. It's a famous port. And I don't limited. remember if it was, um, as good. Yeah, it was limited. PC. It was limited. Yeah. But for the most part, people, you know, would have still played it. Anyway, so. This year, pick. Goldeneye, uh, uh, any specific song like as a menu? This is the song from the frigate level. Um, if you remember when you're in the what's it? I was on a ship, um, the French ship carrying the pirate stealth helicopter, frigate Lafayette. It's the seventh mission in the game, actually, after after the silo mission and before surface two. It's funny, it's called Lafayette, <laughs> yeah, Lafayette, but um. So the interesting thing about this game was, I mean, they had the Golden Eye, the Golden Eye IP. Oh, first of all, the game came out way after Golden Eye movie. Yeah, they needed it, it was more closer. time to ke- make the game. It, if was, I remember. it was closer to um, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, and they thought everyone thought it was gonna flop. Like this game's gonna suck. Yeah, it was. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, about the development history is that that was given to again an inexperienced team. And they were more looking in for the movie tie-in, you know. And most games like that sucked. And yeah, <laughs> like movie tie-in games for the majority suck. You look at any Batman game on like the Super Nintendo or like the only There was good, a couple of good ones. Yeah, though. there was a couple good ones, but there were more bad ones and good ones. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. But anyway, what was I going to mention? Damn it, you messed me up. Okay, I'll just play the music. Here we go. Oh, no, no, yes, yes. Okay, so... Yeah, they had the Golden Eye IP, so they had the iconic Golden Eye theme. So it was so they were smart enough not to overdo it, and they did a lot of different versions of that um, theme while still having their own music. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm gonna play this one mostly, and then I'm also gonna play a different version. But let's here we go. This is Frigate.
So as you said, with um, Goldeneye, it kind of follows, it, it, you kind of see the origins of the keeping the dun, dun, you know? Yeah. And the reason, and uh, another thing I wanted to point out, the drums, they sound, that that's a very famous drum line that they use in a lot of games. Like, oh, yeah? Think about, uh, the, the, think about the Duke Nukem 3D we just heard. It was essentially a sped up version of just that, mm. of that same um, drum version. And it's only because that uh specific beat it gives a lot of uh spacing you know and it doesn't need to be complex or anything because mm. it's just the main beat obviously right Interesting. and um it, it gives a decent amount of uh spacing between the uh instruments because uh again there's parts in both the duke nukem and in this one it's just the drums just do 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 and it, it gives that feeling of um that extra feeling of um in my opinion of um um of uh, it being playing the shooter game, you know what I mean? Like when you're shooting at people and stuff like that, because that drum lick is just, it's so, it's not rough, but it's like very stern. It's a very stern beat, you know? There's only a little bit of fills, and when it does a little quick, little snare, <laughs> rolly thing, yeah. yeah. And then it just goes, do, do, da, do, do. it just goes back to that. And that's like an instantaneous, like head bopping. Yeah, sound. it's a solid beat. It's a solid yeah. beat. The, the, honestly, the, to me, the, the instrument sounded so cheesy. I love oh, yeah. the song, but it just sounded really, so cheesy. I, I really like the. <laughs> I like that part where it's like dun, dun. The, the 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 orchestra hits. Those are the cheesiest. I it, love it, those. It, it fits so perfectly. Like it's 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 but great. Like, the thing is, is that without that, it wouldn't been of of course it wouldn't be Goldeneye, of right? Course. Because those that part and i think it happens when it does the transition you know it does a transition and then it does that part where it's like done done yeah (laughs) and it just it just like when i hear that i immediately know oh this is golden eye you know and i i love that sound so let me quickly play another this from the control center i just i just want to emphasize like it's the same motif the same golden eye theme but how they completely change the feel Again, I really like that part where it's like dong, that that part. Bang. I like that part where it's like dong. And the drums are just. Like, oh yeah, it's like a it's a very standard like hip hop beat, you know. There's no like the the bass is the bass is sick. I love the bass line. Yeah. But there's no kick drum. The, the only percussion is just a. Yeah, but it sounds like a hip hop beat for the most part, um, which makes sense for the era that it released on, you know. Um, but I do like how they try to change it up now, adding that little like sax 
sudden sacks. It's almost like a shot of coffee, you know, try to, it's like trying to wake you up in a sense. But I mean, I could really do without that part, but, um, I really like the dawn sound. The dawn. That's, that's like iconic golden eye music to me. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, so golden eye, yeah. Good example. Again, um, a game that was given to a relatively small group and look at the success it brought them. There was one more person who worked on the music, Robin Beanland, and he had worked on on other um, with with um, Graham Norgan on other games like like Killer Instinct. But he, the only thing that was funny, the only thing he really contributed to this was uh, some of the elevator music. Elevator music. Oh yeah. I just had to play this. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, ooh, what's the most elevator music thing you could make? This. It's either this or like some form of freeform jazz. I just, I just imagine like you just kill a bunch of people and then you get in the elevator and this is what you hear. But the important thing to <laughs> recognize, especially about something with that, is that that was created out of like love for the project they were making. Right. Oh, yeah. They were like looking at those aspects of the game, which they didn't really need to, but they did because it adds to the ambience and the immersion of the game right well nowadays it would probably be more like how can we continue monetizing this like what's the next monetizing aspect of this game we could take advantage of well look but, at look at something like like um like gta um which i love the music from the gta series but really all they're doing is just playing Oh yeah, just playing music. like regular music. <laughs> exactly, yeah, like, like it's a cop out in a way. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my favorite thing. Um, well, y- y- yeah, you could say it's like a cop out, right? But my favorite thing about that is that it introduces music Absolutely. that young people wouldn't have like listened to or like call or, or, or anyone in general or or anyone in general. Yeah, or, or anyone who would usually say they didn't hear it in that in that uh, setting, like a GTA video game heard outside, they will probably be like, Oh, I don't like this. Yeah. It reminds me of like Tony Hawk and Dave Mira, all those games. Like I heard, I learned so much music from those games. Yeah. And I think that's a very, that's a very uh, cool thing, you know, because uh, personally I like those older songs and stuff like that. And I really like when games bring in those older songs in like one of my favorite favorite use of uh, music which would totally get copyrighted if you streamed it anywhere you know what i mean uh which is kind of sad nowadays that you can't view it in its full aspect if you're watching a streamer or something but if you're playing by yourself you could totally do it um um what do you call it is black ops i think the first one when you're going down the the Viet Cong rivers and they're playing um symphony for the devil by Rolling Stones. Nice. And that's like, that is no joke. One of my favorite uses of that song in like, well, my favorite use of a real song in a game, you know? Um, Cause the Vietnam era brought in such iconic music and stuff like that. Um, and especially I think uh, symphony for the devil came out while the Vietnam war was going on. So it fits with the whole narrative of the, of the, of the environment, you know, of the setting it's in. And it also works as a, yeah. And it also works as a fucking, as a bridge to let people know like, Oh, this, there's this type of music that was made during this time. And this is how they like represented their, their like um, thoughts and ideas on this type of stuff, you know, like war and whatnot. Man, they were on strung out on heroin the whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but just kidding. I love I love, I love uh, Rolling Stones. 
but they were strung out on heroin it, most of the time. <laughs> it it like, reminds that's not even like a joke. Yeah. yeah hey, they're still alive. So. Yeah. <laughs> they're still here. So good for them and got plenty of money. I, but I'm glad you mentioned that with the copyright because I completely forgot to mention uh, back with Duke Nukem, the, 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 the popular song Grab Bag, Lee Jackson. He actually made, um, back in 2014, he made the MIDI files for that song available on his website. And you can actually go go there now and just get the whole MIDI files or the Roland GS files. And then just like, it's so, uh, for people who don't know, like MIDI files are like, they're the computer language for audio in a way. Like, because yeah. right now we're recording waveforms. Yeah. You know, but like it's another way to decode music sound format. Yeah, like yeah. like MIDI would just be like the instructions, like or hit. like the 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 comp- uh, compressed, not compressed. No, no, it's it's not compressed version or something. There, no, no, there's there's no sound at all with MIDI. MIDI is just instructions. It's just uh-huh. telling the computer play this note, whether it's C or D or whatever, at this velocity, very fast, very softly. Or um and well, I forgot the other one. Anyway, but the point is that that those instructions you could put on any instrument, any synth, whether it's a bass synth, whether it's something like a sax or something like that it's a, that that's the whole point of MIDI. It's it's just instructions. So if you want, you can go on Lee Jackson's website and download that. Actually, what is it? I have it right here. Lee Jackson Audio dot dot com. I think that's pretty cool because I'm I'm really big on like. Like I was mentioning earlier, shareware or just like open source, like, you know, just like putting stuff out there and it's still copyrighted um, as long as you don't use it for Monetary commercial purposes, use, yeah. for commercial as long use. as you use it for educational purposes or you're, you're, you're using it for yourself or, you know, or oh, educational yeah. purposes yeah. or whatever. Like the point is, you're not trying to make money off it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that. It's pretty cool. So um, props to Lee Jackson for that. Anyway, let's wrap it up. I would like to speak a little bit more about um, the music we chose, and sure. I would like to speak about the important thing is why we chose these different songs, right? We spoke about the development and everything, but I'll go first. So the reason why I chose these set of songs is because one, as I said beforehand, it has a very strong like nostalgic memory in me. Like when I hear these songs, I can immediately picture what I'm playing or what was played, right? And I tried to not let nostalgia get to me too much. That's why I didn't choose like Halo 1 music or something. And the purpose of me choosing these three songs, Doom, Halo, and Perfect Dark, is to me, they tried to encompass a different themes. And they tried to really extend their their horizons for the music. Especially, I mean, out of the list I chose, I would say um, Halo 3 ODST is the more intimate one and i'm kind of gravitate towards that more because again i really like a game that kind of represents its ideas just through either just the the you playing it or like the music portraying it in some form and again halo 3 everybody knows like the iconic music right and the reason why I chose this one is again, it's a very, it's very like film noir esque. It's very intimate, and I really like how they use the rain and the sounds of fire and anything that adds environmental stuff to like that in their soundtrack immediately makes it a little bit more intimate, in my opinion, right? Because you're adding elements of real life, something that you can, as a human, 
know what those sounds like and what that represents, right? So for rain, the rain sound, that could represent a multitude of different themes, rebirth, uh, misery, um, a change in a character, right? A rebirth of the character itself. But it's how you portray it, right? And again, these are first-person shooter games, right? And the majority of the time, people think first-person shooter games. You just go up, click, dead, right? But with the added aspect of the music, it kind of extends the games on a on an idea version, on the sense of like what morales or what feeling they're trying to portray within the character. And this is why I, this is why the list I chose I chose these three because I felt that for each one, especially and and then and for Doom because again it's more fast paced. It's it fits with the setting of you ripping and tearing and fucking going crazy. But again, it just it's a very visceral feeling. And that's why I chose that one too, is because it was very felt like a naturalistic sound. It was an extension of the game. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Yeah, I would say the Halo one was definitely my favorite. Like Halo three, ODST. Yeah, that's to me out of out of the three you chose, that was definitely my favorite one. Yeah. Um I don't have an explanation of why I chose the, the songs I chose other than they're just f- memories of my past. Yeah. And um, I would say really for Splatoon, really the, that's really the only one I love that they really paid attention to like the music. Like when you're trying to create that, uh, like that punk aesthetic, you know, like, like street tagging and all of that. Like the music is a big part of that. Like to me, like, yeah, I'd say it out of your list. I'd say um, I didn't really like Splatoon as the other ones, like musically wise. But what I do like about Splatoon is that they get their um, imagery and they get their feeling straight across, right? And I like that in the sense of like the overarching narrative or overarching story of the game, right? Because it just fits the environment very well. There's no, um, there's no like sad sounds. There's no dragging tones. There's no nothing to portray a depressing feeling. It's Everything's all, up. It's upbeat. It's all yeah. fast. It's vibrant. It's colorful. Um, even the people when they speak, you know, they're not speaking a English. They're not. They don't speak like a language, right? I mean, they, yeah, it's their it's, own it's all gibberish. Yeah, it's gibberish. But you could, you could feel it. You know what I mean? When they speak, you could feel the excitement in them or like they're trying to pump you up in some form of fashion. And um, I like that one on your list, again, because it fits with the narrative of everything. And I really like that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a package. Anyway, so with that, I just want to remind people, Audio Ghost Miami. You'll find all our episodes. We are on, I think this is episode, what, 25? I've lost count. Again, I just made the count, and I already forgot the count. But well, we post everything up there. Um, if we make a new vid, it's going to be on there immediately, right? Of Obviously. <laughs> I would call this episode 25. Yes, 25. 25. Because we did a couple of short ones that I don't really want to call full episodes. Oh, yeah. No, those are like so, little things. Yeah, so then in that case, is episode 22. Okay. <laughs> 22. Let's go, go with 22 anyway. Right, so, but the important thing is we now Ghost have a website. Miami. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, um, we've, we, I mean, we've been had a website. We just don't really talk about it too much. It is their audioghost.miami. Um, please excuse the basicness of it. Um, we definitely want to make it more interesting, have some more stuff about us. And yeah, no, uh, please, chimp at audioghost.miami. Please send us some love. Talk to us. 
Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. If you're interested in something that we want to talk about, if you want to give suggestions rather about something we talk about, let us know. If you want to send some love, we are here. Anything you want to finish up on? Uh, very quickly, just an ending remark on the um, first person aspect, just very quickly. Um, I like first person shooters. I've been playing them for a while. Um, and the music is definitely part of my childhood. And I really like this um, list that I chose. It really made me think about, like, uh, for me as a person, what music do I like and what do I enjoy? In this, in a sense of a greater aspect of what I'm looking for in music, in the sense of I'm looking for something unique and different. And it's important to keep striving for out of out of your comfort zone and musically in my opinion right even if you casually listen to like music i think um give like jazz a chance give funk a chance you know you never know if you're gonna like that genre it reminds me <laughs> i was talking to somebody and um they were they wanted me to do music for something and i'm like yeah sure sure sure. so i was i was i would, I would give some stuff and they're like oh well let's try something a little more doesn't that okay just give me direction right and then um Oh, I want something more funky. I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, funky. I love funk. I could do funk. Sure. Uh, um, okay. And here's some examples. And he sends me some stuff that was not funky at all. Like, and it made me think like these words that, you know, like, like to me and you, if funk means a certain yeah. thing, like I would- to other people, funk does not mean that, you know, like, or yeah. for, for instance, jazz, like to, like to me, jazz may mean, you know, like. 1920s ragtime to, to someone oh, yeah. else jazz might like mean bop and stuff like what that. you hear on it, it, like, people say jazz is elevator music you know, you're, <sighs> you're not going to hear charlie parker in the elevator i yeah. promise you that yeah <laughs> you're <That's>, like <laughs> um there's just a very um quick little segment right now but i just want to speak about this very quick since you brought it up that is one thing that i get really annoyed when people say is that like jazz is just elevator music right and it, to me, of course, like you can't like force people to change their opinions and stuff like that, right? But just saying something like that, that's like disregarding years of music theory evolution, you know? But it's not even about that. Like, it's just like, I see what you're saying. Like, yes, sure, you're right. But the thing is that like, it's the words and how people use them, like what it means to like to them. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like different uh, for each person. Yeah. Like, I could tell you, hey, I listen to a lot of hip hop. To me, that to you, that might mean, oh, he listens to, you know, like something from nowadays, like Nas X or some shit to someone else. That might mean, oh, he probably loves tribe to someone else. That means, oh, he listens to 1970s fucking um, Grandmaster Sugar. Flash. Yeah. Um, Sugar Hill Gang. Oh, yeah. Grandmaster Flash. These all things are under the banner of hip hop, but they all sound very different from each other. Yeah. So it's like it's these words and like the like the things that we put onto them and how they sh- it music changes, music evolves. Yeah. What I want to get across is that um d- just be open-minded. Oh yeah, for music. sure. For like, sure, definitely be open-minded. Even if you don't like it, just at least give it at least a single run through because there might be a little something you might like, right? But the important thing which I hope this community will grow into is something with open free thinkers. Well, a lot of people are free of, are, are afraid of change. Yeah. A- afraid of something or different. they just don't, they, they are comfortable with what they exactly. have and they don't want to like mix it up. Right. Yeah. Which I definitely <laughs> agree. You know, like there, there's things like that in my life personally that I'm like that. 
like uh i can't think of anything right now but it, i have that aspect star wars yeah like star wars <laughs> where i'll be um uh well i'll be like really adamant in like the lore or something like if someone misquotes something in the lore like and if they're trying to spread that as fact i will like correct them right because i i like the star wars lore right but again um with music since it's such a subject subjective thing like it's you don't know what you're gonna like right until you hear it and i just i'm just coming out of this because again to tie it back to the first person music stuff there's a lot of generic music out there for first person shooter games right and even the most popular games will have generic fucking sounding stuff right and it's important to expand, to research, to to look up other things, to just broaden your horizons, right? Well, as as a per, as a mu- uh, musical um, person, as someone who like plays an instrument, there was a time in my life where I was creatively stuck, where I could I didn't know how to progress myself as a drummer or as a percussionist. I didn't I didn't know because I kept playing the same thing. I kept practicing the same thing over and over and over again. And then that's when I started, and there was a period in my life, which I'm pretty sure you'll remember, where I started discovering all these different Indian, Middle Eastern beats, and I was like, this is interesting. This is like, like to me, my favorite part about it is that there uh, is music that people from like the Middle East heard from us, like back in the 70s, and they took that and just like created their own sound, which is like evolving nowadays. There is like a, there's like a rock scene coming out of the middle east and it's like kind of like really cool to look into because again a lot of it is a lot of tribal sounds but it's like a mixture with like the the electric nature of jimmy you know jimmy hendrix and stuff and that's important as a musician is to continuously grow to continuously search for things outside your comfort zone to hear different sounds to just get a contrast to what you have been playing personally that's how I feel as a musician, and that's how I feel with first-person shooter games nowadays. Um, not so much with the the music, but like just the genre itself of trying to improve upon itself instead of falling back to like uh, monetization stuff and just learning how to make battle packs and whatnot. Well, businesses have to make money. Like these products have to make money because there's so much money put, being put into them, so they need to see a return. Yeah, but I would say... But if, um, if, if your focus is solely on maximizing your returns, then you're going to do things to try and maximize those returns. So something that may have worked in the past that may not work now for whatever reason, different context. Yeah, you know. I, um, but, I think it's that too. Yeah, but I, th- I think when like people generally like focus on the product, on the content, and create good content or put out a great product, then... People will find value in that, you know, whether it's a video game, whether it's music, yeah. whether it's a podcast, like, and it's just like, it's very easy to fall into the trap of like, how can we maximize our profits? But I'm glad you brought that up because what I'm liking, what I'm seeing now with the gaming news and everything, because I keep up with the um, current industry stuff, what I'm like, what I'm seeing is that uh, people are finally starting to like, listen to the community and they're starting to see through people making purchases that First-person games are still fucking alive. Oh, yeah. You don't need to put, like, monetization stuff to make a game successful. Like, that was the thought idea, I think, like, when Call of Duties and the Battlefields were really popular, right? But um, 
as we look at nowadays, um, Stray. Have you heard? Have you seen that game, Stray? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that's a completely single player game, right? And it's overtaken Elden Ring in sales, right? And wow. And Elden Ring came out this year and it broke sales records too on Steam. And that that is a multiplayer game. Right, like um, it does have multiplayer aspects, but you could play that single player, and people majority play it single player because it's more of a challenge to play it single player. All right, it's getting late, and I think we have to sign off. Okay. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Uh, we will catch you next week. Next week. And yeah, this is Chimp and Marcus. Peace. <laughs>